hello everyone welcome to the new episode of everyday talkies now before you jump on to listening to this episode wait take a breath smile get your regular dose of life changing entropy here on everyday talkies hello guys welcome to the new episode of everyday talkies we are back with the fifth episode of guns jumps and stingle it's named as farmer par so the name must tell you what basically will be the theme of this episode and let's welcome our yes, coach krushi shakti <laughs> wait let me welcome you first and then you make your silly jokes are what you will welcome me every episode and like i think if they're listening to the fifth episode now they know by now like i'm a permanent settlement here cool so let's start without doing any further ado we'll keep this episode short because it's a filler episode before we move into understanding how food production and technical chair evolved in different civilizations but before all of that for people who are joining us for the first time don't worry pushkar will now give you a quick summary of what happened in the last four episodes and uh, if you're following us while reading the book we are very happy for you to join us and if not stay awake by listening to us and you'll get to know what exactly the book tries to say in a brief manner so pushkar anyway so recap i'm repeating history wow the prologue was yali's question why do civilizations evolve at different rates across different areas in the world then we went from uh, eden to mallorca where we traced the expansion of human civilization from its birth in africa 7 million years ago to populating the planet up until 13000 or let's say 11000 years ago and from there we went into a small natural experiment in history which dealt with uh, the polynesian islands and uh, they provided us a good insight into what kind of factors we would be looking into to see how uh, civilizations can evolve at different rate and uh, the latest episode we talked about one of the most horrible genocides that took place you know in history which was the spaniards going into south america and more or less decimating the inca empire because they had better tools uh, better uh, armor basically guns germs and steel setting up uh, what the book is going to be dealing with and yeah now here we are yeah, so you pretty much covered everything and in this chapter basically jared diamond tries to cover that why fruit production is one of the factors that led to you know more advanced civilizations I'm sure if you have been listening to us in the past four chapters, we have covered this in one way or the other. But this chapter, we'll try to delve a bit deeper into that, understand how each point basically accentuates the fact that you know modern civilizations develop in places where food production has gained its heights. Yeah. So uh, let's start. So Pushkar, do you want to start with the general theme of the book, or do you want to start with the story which Jared Diamond says? Uh, okay, we can talk about the story first because it kind of bridges the gap with our last chapter, which was about Native Americans and how. their rights and their land and their resources were usurped by the colonizers and so this one specifically talks about montana where the author was working on a farm and uh, he talks about this one native american person that he knew uh, who was very polite and very uh, soft spoken but then one day he also like got drunk like the rest of the people who worked for him the white people and what he said was for the exact thing that he said he said the farmer's name that he worked under was fred hershey so he said damn you fred hershey and damn the ship that brought you from switzerland so what this basically is trying to convey is that this guy the, the native american that there is like unresolved uh, trauma there regarding the land that was unfairly taken by the uh, taken by the white settlers from the native americans this is only the preface this the, his larger point what it comes down to is that uh, of food production you know uh, because this guy uh, fred uh, hershey was a farmer and uh, the whole chapter basically talks about why farming was so integral to the development of guns and steel and 
or even like germs for example why it was so important why farming was the prerequisite that led to all these things becoming normal in certain civilizations and not in like other ones with all of that let's start with basically what he says in the beginning of the book so in the beginning of the book he tells us you know just general timeline so for people who are following us a quick recap that that first humans not modern humans but proto humans as they said uh, developed in 7 million 7 million years ago from africa they moved into northern africa europe and then they crossed asia indonesia moved into australia pacific islands and simultaneously they crossed siberia and moved into north america and populated the entire of south america now with all of this i think the latest civilizations which established the locations were around 11000 years ago barring the small islands which we still see the pacific islands and the antarctica region where human civilizations don't exist but apart from that so food production basically started around 13000 years ago that was around 11000 bc and that is something which all of us have read in one form or the other in one of the history books in class 6 or 7 but understanding that why was it that then it was developed and how did it help evolve these civilizations so he mentions in a quick brief second that obviously europeans were the first to have farming similarly it parallelly developed by chinese i did not know that chinese parallelly developed uh, farming and it was not passed on from the europeans uh, one would think that it would be something that uh, came about in the whole eurasian continent at the same time but then apparently it was not so uh, chinese developed independently farming egyptians uh, got it from the neverhoods so obviously uh, you, when you talk about eurasia you just below you have the northern african region where our civilizations developed prolifically so egyptians uh, developed farming from there and australians actually never developed farming and specifically aboriginal australians and by that you can say native australians right because ultimately they were used up by europeans so coming to all of that he basically tries to answer the question how food production led to all the advantages given the examples that we have seen in the past chapters maori willing uh, you know winning over moriori's or pizarro uh, winning over atahualpa or fred from switzerland winning over levi and conquering his land so how did it all evolve and the first point that he mentions that more food means more population one thing that i did find interesting was he like talks about this way of hunter gatherers that we had been doing for like 7 million years now and he says that in the next 10 years across the world whatever tribes are still hunter gatherers will be uh, will have given up their ways by now it took 7 million years to give up the hunter gatherer roots and most of the changes happened in the past 11000 years exactly so he mentioned that coming to the point where more food basically leads to more population and more population leads to you know strength and then he jumps into the point where he mentions how domesticating animals helped build the society we have already learned before that the first domesticated animals were again in northern africa and you know about black sea and the eurasian region and there were no indigenous domesticated animals in australia or in north america south america so uh, for that uh, you know they got meat and all the basic food products these are things that we all of us know right clothing food and uh, even their bones were used for weapons their manure used for more plant cultivation so all of this basically uh, gave them the edge that you know they could survive and build societies and also one important point he mentions that the more food you build now that you're farming you have to protect your farm and if you are building more food you have to store it and all of this leads to you settling in one place hunter gatherers were the ones who you know used to go in a place exterminate the uh, fauna and the flora of that place you know eat their food move on to the next place hop from one area to the other right but once farming started and food production started they settled in one place societies developed civilizations developed and then he segues into the 
concept of political organization which we were also dis- discussing in the last chapter about spain and inca empire that in spain where the weapons were there and people were more focused the food thing was sorted you don't really realize until the connection is made that just how important the discovery of agriculture was to uh, society as a whole or to civilization as a whole i mean it's amazing and one more thing like we say the greatest inventions right we discovery of fire or uh, invention of wheel these are the major landmarks of how human civilizations progressed but one thing which i feel is missed out from these uh, inventions is plow yeah plow and by hand and later get attaching it to the domesticated animals like cow and uh, even carts like this the ability to plow made them able to farm at a faster rate once that started happening they could store food and once they could store food they could as pushkar mentioned right concentrate on other things now one thing which was mentioned here that as soon as they started storing food and as soon as they started focusing on other things right these uh, bureaucrats chiefs started coming up and they started uh, you know introducing taxation or asserting rights now one irony is lost here or i don't know how the ones who are not producing any food are the ones ruling exactly yeah when you put it that way it sounds like such a scam you know and even in today's world right i was when i was reading that i was like it happens even today that farmers are one of the most important jobs right they provide us the most basic necessities of life and they're the treated the worst and they're paid the worst the people who are ruling absolutely do nothing in terms of food production and on top of that i also uh, read this funny part there which mentioned that we at this day and age where the population has almost now peaking 8 billion people in uh, 2021 hunter gatherers had found out a way of population control they knew that they should not have many children so that they wouldn't be able to you know move from one place to other so they had this rule that okay please don't uh, make children one after the other have a child and then wait for four years and then make another child i mean it wasn't a rule so much as like a necessity because you couldn't yeah. carry a child uh, everywhere right but today also it's a necessity right you can just can't produce, start producing children like it's a factory come on we're living in with finite resources you could you could go the moriori route but uh, that would be i think uh, very painful <laughs> yeah no no let's not go there but yeah once farming started jared david mentions right that in, in other category phase children used to be born after a gap of 4 years at least to the same parents but when yeah. farming began uh, the age gap reduced to 2 years and i think that is where you see the population growth happened right? because the 7 million years we talk about they knew how hard it was to survive and population growth slowed down because they had no means of settling down in one place and that's why it was slow but once farming began there was an exponential rise in population what i do want to get on is another interesting thing about the whole farming phenomenon was that it kind of makes you wonder that the human body needs a, a certain amount to sustain itself and the hunter gatherers used to sustain themselves pretty well so when we kind of discovered farming and because he says that only like about what 0.1% of the flora and fauna ex- that exists is uh, edible like when we concentrated that to such a level, were we like was agriculture also in a way kind of hindering the natural process oh 100% right even in today's world uh, we hear right that because let's say that uh, we need certain basic necessities like you see rice wheat or sugar because it's required in such high levels we destroy lands by just growing sugarcane over sugarcane or wheat crops over crops i mean you taking wrong examples right but you uh, ultimately the lands nutrient levels keep on deteriorating and then you add in synthetic fertilizers to compensate that and which leads to poorer products so i think you're absolutely right when saying that when they found out that these plants could sustain them they basically destroyed the other flora just to you know make sure that they increase their farm land capacity and they grow the things that they want to live, uh, they want to have yeah so basically like what i'm trying to say is uh, all those vegans out there you guys will have to revert to the hunter gatherer phase really i guess uh, adhere to nature in a way 
okay this is actually a very interesting point right that though i am a vegetarian how did such a huge group of vegetarians evolve like that is something which i'm wondering right now because if you see from a inherent side all of us basically not all of us humans basically evolved using animal protein right when you had nothing you basically exterminated huge animals and ate them and then we slowly moved on to farming and even then we used to heavily rely on animal protein and domesticated animals and products from them so how come a section of society developed which purely and purely focused on vegetarianism like only plants like i wonder what was the trigger it's not it's not really as unique as we think because even in japan i think it was also to do with scarcity at some point scarcity of animals yeah because so many uh, megafauna went extinct right correct yeah uh, that that was there plus also like uh, on places like japan so japan did not have a lot of fauna that you could eat so what they relied on mostly was uh, rice whatever vegetables that grew and fish so inherently they kind of became vegetarians i mean or like pescatarians i guess you could say so that way i guess in some way uh, i mean i don't really know like ex- uh, that explains japan but the rest of it i have no idea well that's something which you know people if you are interested go look it up we'll surely look it up and hopefully this book answers it somewhere down the line so if we're moving on you know there were other factors which yeah one of the most interesting points was uh, the germs because guns and steel i mean it's pretty ob- uh, it's pretty obvious that why it would come about or how we, it would even come about it seems logical the germs part i found most interesting because it comes around due to overpopulation like when people were living in densely populated cities and on top of that there's a huge number of domesticated animals because all the epidemics that followed were in some way or the form mutations of diseases which originated from these domestic animals and you can see coronavirus is one big example of that guys it's like you would never know what could have happened that led to these diseases forming it's absolutely weird and that is why you know as we dis- as we were also discussing in the last episode that though europeans uh, ca- used these factor of germs to capture most of north america australia south africa and pacific islands asia also had their fair share of uh epidemics which prevented uh europeans to capture them namely malaria and all of that all discussed in the um last episode but apart from germs which obviously covers the you know holy trio guns germs and steel and how food farming basically helped uh, develop that it also answers questions where he mentions that you know apart from chiefs and bureaucrats soldiers also came in right professional soldiers and a circus not it's not a circle of life but uh, the larger fish always eats the smaller fish so uh, maoris basically captured morioris and when british came about they captured uh, maoris because they had full time soldiers i mean uh, the british and maori history is a little bit more complicated because it started out with uh, peace treaties and then it kind of fell apart Mm-hmm. and obviously i mean uh, this is in no way no way me defending the british because obviously they did a lot of horrible stuff i'm just saying it's a little bit more complicated that's it but yeah the reasoning he gives he gives right that maoris though uh, they were a bit more like obviously uh, technologically advanced in comparison to morioris but british uh, the british were even more technologically advanced and that gave them the upper hand in some way or the other right yeah yeah exactly definitely and also you know uh, germs oh yeah obviously and finally there is line which i loved where he mentions that it also helped in the development of religion and priests yeah he says stored food can also feed priests who provide religious justification for wars of conquest imagine you know this would be my real <laughs> i mean it's definitely uh, controversial to say the least controversial it's the truth right see the thing is the truth is very controversial these days oh yeah i'm not sure how uh, people's opinions around religion even ours is a bit complex but again at least we know whatever might be the truth humans in general have used it for the wrong reasons most of the time 
Yeah. And ultimately, you have the metal workers, artists developed, and finally writing uh, being developed. Because I was, I always thought that writing was something which you know developed not in the past two thousand years, but it developed you know long before and everywhere you know people know knew how to use to write. Because you 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 hear right that Aryabhata was there and like, he gave us astronomical insights and that was in the beginning hundred years after the AD era. But then. We hear that in 1500s, North America only did not know how to write. That's crazy, right? It also uh, reminds you that how important writing can be, you know, because uh, the whole conquistador thing it happened because Cortez's adventures were written down and then printed throughout Spain. You know, all these people basically came to know of Cortez's entire thing and they got inspired by it and they were like, "I'll also do this," and they ended up ruining uh, <laughs> South America. I mean, as a writer, it just feels very heavy to me. Yeah, yeah, I understand. But yeah, I think that brings uh, us to this uh, almost the end of this episode because yeah, that is what we wanted to cover. There's not much in this episode. I think there's not a lot in it. I think this is mostly just introducing us to the idea of how important agriculture was to societies. And one closing thought from my end because now I found out the calorie thing, and uh, it was this that one important thing that he mentions for domestication of animals that these mammals, he, uh, the quote goes something like this: that these mammals. gave more calories over the lifetime than when they were slaughtered and this line reminded me of the golden goose story you had a goose who laid golden eggs and the farmer thought let's kill him and get all the golden eggs at once but once he killed him there were no golden eggs right because uh, the hen could not produce more so or sorry the goose could not produce more i am in lockdown now and like i haven't had meat uh, in a long time so i'm like i i can understand i can relate to the guy who wanted like chicken so bad <laughs> Okay, if it lays golden eggs, as long as the meat is good, uh, you know, we have very weird ways of rationalizing things. Our human brain is amazing. Uh, this tells me that guys that don't record podcast episodes with Pushkar when he's hungry and at almost nearing to 12 a.m. at night because he'll always speak rubbish. So. <laughs> No, I I always get hungry during midnight. So that brings us to the end of this episode. Pushkar, any closing thoughts? Food is supreme. Respect food. Don't eat like Americans do, and where you just eat half the stuff from like a big ass portion, and just then just like throw out the rest. Respect your food. We are not hunter gatherers, and we have not still understood the concept of controlling population. So, guys, yeah. please uh, save food just so that you can survive for the next you know fifty or sixty years or whatever life you have left. But yeah, I think that brings us to the end. Uh, that's it. And again, I'm mentioning thank you guys for. into this uh, podcast and you can join us if you are following the book again why do i mention this because i know i'm recording this all early uh keep listening and thank you follow us on all the social media platforms and support us and buy me a coffee.com/everydaydockies bye 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 thank you for listening to this episode follow us on social media and do let us know if you want to be part of the next episode till then live long and prosper